Can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. again for watching we'll leave you with sting and a cut off his new album To the out of here podcast exclusively on the bud excuse me bloodline entertainment network i was gonna say ben and then i was gonna say bloodline i put them together what do you get you get an awesome effing network and that's what we're on dan we are on the bloodline entertainment network and we got dan the man dan from cage my i iq um what's up buddy how are you I'm good. I'm ready to talk Phillies. It's something I haven't been able to talk in a while. Yeah. You, you could have said the Ben Franklin and that would have passed. I would have gave you a pass for that one. There you go. That. But, you know, we're a week away from uh, the start of the 2023 yep. MLB season. Thursday for us, buddy. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. But before Thursday, we need to talk some baseball. We need to talk some shop. So let's get to the first topic of the day. Here we go, buddy. Hoskins with a drive. Left field. Yes, sir. Hoskins, unfortunately, tears his ACL in his left knee, to be more specific, at spring training. And it's sad to see, not just because he's a fan favorite, not just because he's on his last year of his contract, but we needed him. We needed Hoskins to step up. In the last episode that I recorded with my buddy from Philly Sports Talk podcast, I said he is the key to victory. I really think he was going to carry us with his 30 home runs, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. He's a locker room leader. I mean, honestly, if you could, you know, find a superstar, Jesus, not wrestling, my bad, find an athlete that could be just like Hoskins, it's a win. I mean, we talked about it off air, off air too, Dan, what his family did, you know, his wife buying the beers for the for the um, the people at the World Series. I mean, it's just something you can't, you know, get anywhere else he is a philly from uh, head to toe man and it's it's really sad to see what are your thoughts on i i know we're gonna this conversation is gonna be probably one of the longer ones this episode but how do you fill that void and i don't know if you can but if you were the gm what would you do there's so much into this topic because you you, you hit it uh, in the beginning he's in into the contract year last year probably weren't going to bring him back in my opinion because of the cost. I feel like he hit the ceiling there. When you think of the top 10 first baseman in the league, he's probably number 10 quietly because he's been consistent the last two years, nothing flashy. He's just able to just hit that top 10 spot there. He busted out in the playoffs here, but he was more so like a long ball or bust kind of guy. Yeah. And he, he filled that hole in the lineup at like five or six. He's always 
the five spot or the six spot. Yeah. Kind of protecting there while uh, Bryce Harper was out. And then he played a little bit of, at the three hole, a little bit of the four hole, depending on where they wanted JT Ramuto for that time off. And then you had Derek Hall, who played uh, a lot when Bryce Harper was out at DH. Yeah. And ironically, now he's going to take over for him. But it was it's just the matter of the fact that it was supposed to be a situation this year where we added to the lineup. We brought yeah. in Trey Turner. He's going to be the leadoff. And now with this injury to his left knee, his ACL, it's kind of like addition by subtraction now. It's like you lose Hoskins, but then you bring in Turner. So it's kind of like a, a wash there. And you basically you want to use Turner at the one spot. So it's like, where do you plug uh, Derek Hall at, who is more, more than likely going to take over for him yeah. in the lineup? Because you don't have Harper until June. He's already out. So it's like that makes two guys out of the lineup that are essentially out for the first two months of the season. Yeah. So I feel like it's going to be a thing to where yeah. are they going to get to that situation where they force themselves in there moving Turner to – that three or four spot, or do they s- stick to their guns, keep them at the leadoff spot, and you just do do a spot where it's Turner, Boom, you probably have Rumuto at three, you have uh, Swarver at four, and then you just see what Derek Hall does at five. You see what he brings to the table, yeah. and then oh no, you know what? Put him at six, and then you trust Nick Castellanos at five. You, you don't, don't trust Nick at all. Come on, let's be real. I trust I trust him because when you I think don't. of last when you think of last year, we brought him in a week before the season started, so he never really had a spring training with us, and he, basically the first two months were that. And that's I think, a little violin, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what you said? Subtraction, addition. I don't think it that at all. I think it's more of a subtraction, just because. Yeah, Hall is the next man up, but that's not yeah. just the position we're looking at. We're looking at um the uh the 30 home runs we're looking at the locker room leader hall's not there hall i don't even know if hall can stay healthy if he stays healthy that's good but this is a first for us i mean it might be a first for hall too just because you he he's never been able to do this on a day in and day out basis and if he is the first baseman is that an upgrade i mean addition subtraction for me i just I see more of a subtraction because Hoskins was that guy. Yes, his defense was absolutely horrible. We get that. But those home runs, I mean, look at what he did in the World Series. Look at what he did in the NLCS. I mean, it's just something you can't replace. So that's where I'm worried. I don't I, – I, you can take one guy and put him there, and maybe he's going to do something. But I don't know if Hall is the real deal. And that's the same thing with um, – I guess you could say that with Hoskins too, to be honest. Like, yes, it's his last year, but we knew for a fact that he could hit those 30 home runs. We knew that he could get on base and get guys to, you know, second and third and move move people to third base to score. I, I'm, I'm opti- op- I am optimistically um, – you know, I'm optimistic. I, I, don't what do you, know, I hope he can do well. Would you consider a success if uh, Derek Hall could hit 270 with, say, 20 home runs and 70 RBIs? Would that be a success for you, knowing, I, that, you're not, knowing that you're not going to get the 30 and 95 to 100 from Hoskins, but Hoskins was only hitting 240, 250? So if you could get uh, Derek Hall on base a little bit more and then his 
but it runs bad in or less, but then he still does 20 home runs, 70 RBIs. I would consider that a success, considering the fact that you don't For know all, what you're going to get. But and still, I, that doesn't help us. I think you're going to see a change in the team where Turner is the leadoff. You got him and Bohm. I think the goal is going to be to get them on base as much, much as possible yeah. with Riamuto, Swarber at that 3-4. And if they can drive in a lot of runs, you can kind of mask uh, some of that efficiency out by just having those speed guys in the front of the lineup that we're, we're not accustomed to having. Yeah. Seeing him get on the base, running, getting havoc, as we're known for like a long ball type team in that ballpark. Yeah, but you you could be a little bit more like a small ball with Turner there at the one spot. Yeah, uh, you brought up a great point. I think this team exists on home runs. I mean, look what uh, Hoskins did in the world's in the NLCS five home runs. Like that's really important here. And you know, you make a good point. Trey's going to have to step up. Um, Schwarber's going to have to step up. I mean, Boom's going to have to step up. But. It, Hoskins is not irreplaceable. I think that's what we have to look at it too. I think it's it's something that we can move forward forward with just because we got a stacked bullpen. Um, infield looks really good. Starting rotation, you know, I think we can do top three or four. I think four games we can get it there, and then you throw in somebody on the the fifth day. So I, I am not um, concerned yet. But what I, I want to go ahead. I got another topic, but let's hear it. No, no, no. I, I agree with that one. But when I think about it, I look at the schedule early on. There's only like a 10 game schedule, like stretch from late April to early May that I'm afraid of when we play. It's a 10, no, it's nine game stretch. Yeah. We play, I believe it's, I know we play, I don't remember the first three team, uh, games, but I remember it's, we got Houston and the Dodgers back to back, and then we got another hard team right afterwards. Yeah, and they're all on the road. And I'm like, well, you're going to learn a lot about the team in that stretch against yeah. those teams. You got the Astros, defending champs. Dodgers are stacked uh, on that team, but the one good thing is we we only play one division team in the first two months. That's Miami. We play them two weeks in. Yeah. We don't play another uh, division team until uh, Memorial Day weekend when we play the Braves. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if that's a good thing, Dan. We don't really play well against Miami, you know? <laughs> We're supposed to be the basement dwellers, and they just somehow, some way beat us every time. Uh, let's get back to Hoskins real quick. Yeah. This is a funky situation just because this is his last year, and baseball is funny like that. Baseball – GMs and football GMs, hockey, they're all a little different. Baseball, I think, is on the other end of the spectrum. They're just – they're wired differently. And what yeah. I mean by that is I think – I think the next step here for us is to re-sign Hoskins. Isn't that weird? Because other teams, you cut them, get rid of them, see ya, NFL, wide receiver gets hurt in uh, preseason – Boom, gone. If he's not the number one guy or if he's someone that's on the, you know, like I said, the spectrum where he, he's, he's, you know, the last year of his contract, yeah. he's really iffy. He did well for us in the past, but, you know, there is a void there. Baseball is different. What do you got? 
it, it depends on how Derek Hall does. It depends on how they do because now with the game and how it's evolved, if you got analytics involved in deciding how you build your team, and if you could get get a guy for less money to do similar statistically or can do better fielding, that's a good word for you. Like they might go that route, but if say it doesn't work out with their call and they lose a little step, they could bring him back and they might have leverage in re-signing him because of the injury. It might be like instead of like a four or five year. Hundred million dollar deer because that's how the baseball is going now. Yeah, you, you might see like a two or three year deer worth sixty seven million, where he's getting he's getting the the money per year, but it's like a lesser, yeah, uh, long term contract. This is a different category too. I don't think I've ever seen yeah. somebody like Hoskins. It's just a different situation. I've never seen it. We talked about uh, you know Tommy when he got hurt in 05, yeah. The big piece, Ryan Howard, number six. Um, he stepped up and he, uh, but, but he when was, you, when you see that one, you got to remember that they were praying tandem for like a year and a half where they were trying to find Howard time. And then who Tommy was still there. This is yes. a situation where we expected Hoskins to play majority of the time. And then he goes out and gets hurt. So it's like, this suddenly happened. It couldn't happen at a worse time for him and the team. Look at streets <laughs> shaking my head. You know what streets? I got something for you. Here we go. This is for you, buddy. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice. We made it to the world series. We are the team to beat. Um, yeah. I am concerned about hall replacing him. I don't, yeah. I'm not shaking my head like streets, but I, I am concerned a little that he can't step up because, yeah, if you look at it statistically for defense, Hoskins is probably the bottom three. But every other category for first baseman, he's up there. Maybe he's not number one. Maybe he's not number two. Maybe he's five, six. But he's up there. He's a he's a guy you want on, on your team. Again, locker room, he's there. When Bryce came in, who did he, you know, friend with? Uh, let's see, Hoskins. You know, there's there's people there that you need. JT was there too, but you could see the friendship with Hoskins yeah. and uh, Harper building. And, so. and, you, and you might see a situation where they platoon at first, where you give majority of the time to Derek yeah. Hall, but then you got guys like Kyle Swarber or you got like JT Ramuto where you want to spell him at catcher. Yeah. Or a game or two, and you have Ritter room now with the DH being there so, at DH, so you can Ritter um, room everything Riddle, there it. where you can put Derek on DH, have somebody yeah. at first base, and then so there could be several guys at first base and not just one. That's yeah. what the, the nice thing about having the DH is, is the options that you're given there on a day to day basis, yeah, yep. Yeah. Um. I think we've talked enough about Mr. Hoskins here. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think so. The MVP. Well, I guess not. We lost the the World Series or the World Cla- World Classic, but for the U.S. team, he was our MVP, and he is on the Philadelphia Phillies. Let's give a hand for Trey Turner. Here we go. The 0-2 to Turner, and he throws this one deep left field. Yes, sir. Trey Turner on fire, born to run. Baby, it's all Bruce Springsteen here. Um, let's talk about it. RBIs, 11. Home runs, 5. I mean, this guy was unstoppable, and I'm just so glad that, you know, 
He's our, you know, he's a Philadelphia Philly. He's our shortstop. Yeah. Somebody that we really, really um, needed. I mean, we couldn't replace Rollins for the life. I mean, we had a lot of really decent players, but they were just, uh, you know, and I think he's uh, obviously more defensive, more defensive style. Than oh anything. yeah, absolutely. We needed someone like that. I mean, not necessarily let's talk about just Trey Turner, but let's talk about the, the world classic in itself. I mean, it just brought me back to, you know, playoff baseball. It brought me back to, you know, 08, 09, when we were really good, 07, when we were getting there. And it's just something special for the game of baseball. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to shut up and uh, ask you, how do you feel, brother? I felt great uh, getting to watch that because it, I guess four years ago with the World Baseball Classic, I wasn't a fan of it. I think there was something missing. But this one, this year, it brought brought people back. It was so good that Ken Griffey Jr. wants to come back and play in four years. If he could get his body in shape and get ready, he wants to do it in four years. It brought everybody back. Yeah. The team did great. I thought a lot of the things were crazy where they had players like Randy Orozarena playing on Mexico, even though he yeah. wasn't very Mexican. You got guys that played for U.S., yeah. Four years ago, that were praying on Dominican or Venezuela. Yeah, this time around, but I liked it. I love it. And then you get a guy like Trey Turner. I think the best part about him in the baseball classic was the fact that he was hitting in the nine hole for majority of the, the tournament. And then recently, in the semifinals and the finals, they move moved him up to fifth or sixth. So it wasn't like he was hitting in the top of the lineup. That's he wasn't great in. Point. He wasn't in the middle of the lineup. He was towards the end, and he was crushing the ball. Yeah. And you saw that home run. He hit, he hit the grand slam. And what you didn't see was the next day against Japan, he hit a home run right away to put us up one nothing. We did lose, but he, he got it going. He and got then, it going. I love it. And then, and then yesterday he hit a home run right before Reese got hurt. He hit a home run in spring training. So – yeah. He's hot right. He's hot right now, and that's what you want to see as a Phillies fan. You, you're going to want to see that return and investment because we paid so much money for him, and I think you're going to see it because of how good he's seen the ball right now. Yeah, and, and he's going to be at that one spot where he's going to have as many at bats as possible, being the first guy in the lineup. I could see guys trying to walk him, but it's, it's so hard to uh, to pitch against him because this is a three. 100 style hitter, hits for power. And when he gets on base, he steals. He's a guy that can go for 30 30 and challenge for 40 40. That's the type of guy that he is. I'm going to lean towards the 30 30, but that's a big addition to your ball, ball team, yeah. especially the Phillies. And I, and I just loved seeing the fact that he was able to get hot right away for Love team, it, man. Team, team USA. And on top of that, you had JT Rumuto there. You had Kyle Swarber there, so he was able to gain some of that commodity with two big parts of the lineup with him on Man, Team USA, and they, they, can come, they can come over here and see if they can translate that to the to the beginning of the season. Yeah, I like it. You know what else is cool about this too? Um, there's only one thing you want to see at the at the you know World Classic. You want to see your your player do well. And that's what we got. I mean, God forbid the, the issues with Houston and all that where they just, you know, there's injuries. And that's the worst thing you that you can ask for. Here, this is the best thing because 
you know, yes, yeah, spring training is spring training. It's kind of like preseason for the NFL. Yeah. It's there. It's still there, but it's cool. You get, you know, they they uh, they make a lot of money with spring training. You go down to Clearwater. It's fun. But here, you're actually competitive. You know, you're actually playing to win. You're playing to win the game. You play to win the game here, not with spring training. It's okay. What can you know? The fifth, sixth, seventh rotation starter. What uh, somebody on the bench? How can he improve? Can he make the team with this? It's just. Phenom versus Phenom. I mean, we saw that with Trout. It was just something really special. And this is what you want to see. You want to see your boy Schwarber. You want to see Trey. You want to see, I don't know, JT didn't have a great outing. But still, this is the kind of practice you want. Obviously, you don't want spring training to be competitive because people get hurt. But, you know, this doesn't happen every year. So he, he tends to be a slow starter, JT, where he starts out slow in the cold months. And then as the season goes – he yeah. starts to heat up. So I'm yeah. not surprised at that. You got a lot of those guys where they're better, like Swarver. He's a better warm weather hitter than he is cold weather. What are you talking? And- <laughs> Bring up the stats. <laughs> um, let's, let's pause right here for a new exclusive show coming to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Here we go, brother. Now it's time to send you to the next dimension. Oh, shit, back. Um, <laughs> Devin, our boy from Clark Street Wrestling, is going to have his own show right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network talking about what? Anime, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z. What? It's going to be a good time. Um, Pokemon, I think, is over, right? I don't know. Well, no, no, no. Well, yesterday was the last episode of of Ash and Pikachu to where they're going to usher in a new character and oh, a new Pokemon no. head. Yeah. Well, you know what? The Ben Network, we have it. You want to talk about Pokemon? You want to talk about Ash? We got it right here. Coming soon to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. And it's going to be a, uh, what does Tim say? I, I forget. A banger. banger. Yes, sir. But uh, Dan, what is the rest? Tell us the rest of the schedule here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. What do we got coming up next? Streets? We got Streets coming on. Yes, with, uh, uh, so definitely check him out. I believe he's coming on at what, nine o'clock uh, or eight uh, o'clock? I think it's, I, I made the schedule today. <laughs> Give me one second. I'll check. I got the schedule but, right here. Yeah, but definitely check him out on Earth Slappers. He does a great job with the football and baseball. The, 8.30. He does a great job with EST. football and baseball. Bestest, at, longest, fastest. That's that's a slapper. That's that's streets in a nutshell. But then you got Tim coming on with the Tim King show coming oh, on at 10 o'clock with the Ducky, with the bre- ducky crack, 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 whack, baby. Every time the- Tim comes on, this is how I feel. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. All yeah, right, let's get to the next topic. We're having a little too much fun here. I don't have a transition for this, but I do have a graphic. Boom, baby. There we go. Our boy, the Hall of Famer, Ray Didinger, said this week on WIP that he thinks Bryce Hopper, Bryce Harper, is the best athlete in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania. Maybe, Pen- maybe Philadelphia. I don't want to go to the Steelers 
Steeler City, but uh, Steel City. We're just going to stick with Philadelphia. I think that's what he said. Um, let's see. I just thought that way last year down the stretch that the the way Harper played, uh, it was just great. And he goes on and he says stuff about uh, uh, Embiid and the MVP and, you know, how maybe he's going to finally get it this year. Harper has two. And I, I tend to agree with uh, Mr. Ray, who came out of retirement, that Harper – is the best athlete currently. And I say that because Hart is on a shit team. Embiid, he's just, I don't know. It, it depends on, that's thats the guy. It's Harper and it's Embiid because Hurt still has to prove something. Carter Hart, you said take off this graphic. I'm keeping him on. He is just on such a shitty team. I mean, if you ever see the Flyers promotion, they only promote the coach. You know, they don't promote heart. You see on a poster, it's the coach. That team's so always going to have that team's always going to have problems with uh, with the Comcast owning the team. Yeah, nothing nothing ever go- comes out of a corporation owning a team. You want like an individual that can be there every day to run the day to day, and the Flyers yeah. don't have that right now. But when I look at the the top athlete. It's tough for me because I do think that Hertz is in the picture. I do think that he's dead enough because he just took them to the Super Bowl. He took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. We didn't expect it. Exactly. Embiid has been playing great, but I I automatically eliminate Embiid because of the fact that he hasn't won in the playoffs. And he hasn't done it. And Didiger said this too. Harper put the team on his back. I've never seen that from Embiid. I mean, yes, he has amazing games and amazing um, stats, and, you know, he's right up there every year with MVP. But I don't think that really matters as the the best player of Philadelphia. He might be the best player of the NBA, but we're talking about MLB, NBA, you know, NHL, and uh, what am I missing? NFL. Yeah. And you haven't seen him take a game over in the playoffs. So he does it in the regular season. He makes the playoffs and he kind of like takes a step down. So that, yeah. But he's still one of the top five players in the NBA. But I think that eliminates him. So then it comes to Harper and Hurts. Yeah. I think right now it's Harper, but in a year I think it's going to be Hurts. I think yeah. by next year it will be. They have a small sample size of Jalen. He took the team on his back. If you watch the playoffs, and th- this guy, if it wasn't yeah. for him getting hurt, he probably would have won MVP. In my opinion, he had 750 yards, 15 touchdowns on the ground. He had 23 uh, passing touchdowns, but there were 3,500 passing yards. Yeah. He did it both. And then you see him out, out duel uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He did. And, and because Mahomes didn't have a great Super Bowl, his yeah. team just surrounded him to help him win. And that defense stepped up for them, but Hertz did everything that he could to. And then same thing with Harper. Harper outproduced this past year with the injury where he only DH'd. Yeah. And then he once the playoffs hit, he was like a different guy. Like just like you said, he put the team on his back. He hit one of the most clutch home runs that he could hit in game um, five or six against the the Padres, down by one. And to put us ahead, and then yeah. we never looked back. And we did lose the Astros, but it was a ride that we didn't expect. It was the Cinderella team that year, and we got as close as possible to the end as we could. So I give Harper the edge 
but I think it's going to wind up being Jalen Hurts in the next year or yeah. two. Yeah, I agree with Dinager too, just because you got to look at every single league and you got to see yeah. who's better. Hurts is good, but he's not Mahomes good. He ain't Burrow good. He's still proving himself. So you take him out of the conversation. Then you go to Hart. I mean, come on. He's the best on the Flyers, and that's not a big deal. He's a great guy. He's a great player, but you got to take him out of the conversation. And then it's Embiid and Harper, and you look at it, and I think what you said, and you know, I said it too, he put the team on his back. Every single out, every single strike, every single home run, you look to the – to the, I was going to say the bullpen, but to the bench, and you see Harper, you know, rallying, getting the guys in the game, cheering, even if they strike out. He goes up to him. We saw this in the World Series. You know, he talked to the guy, I think it was Hoskins or whatever. He's there. He is a locker room leader with Embiid. No, no, he's just not. He might be a great athlete, but for me, you got to look at every single piece of the puzzle. And uh, I got Harper, buddy. Yeah, yeah, he's already you're paying him three hundred and thirty million, and you're getting that investment back. You're getting it back sooner than what you thought you would. You you, you made the playoffs, you went to the World Series, and he was a big uh, piece of the puzzle that caused it to happen. So it's like, yeah, he, he's making the money and some uh, yeah. for the team. All right. Like I said before, this is the fastest 30 minutes in your life. Maybe not as fast as Dan, but we won't go there. Um, yeah. Dan, Thursday against the Rangers, we um, we do it, man. Opening yeah. day, 2023. This is the next chapter in the Philadelphia Phillies um, you know, book here. Give me your thoughts on NOLA starting. I mean, there's a lot going on with NOLA, but we're not going to get into that. We'll get into that next week. Um what are your thoughts and what are you looking what are you looking forward to for this opening day, baby? I just want to see how good the bats are doing. I want to see the pitching. The pitching is a big deal for me. I want to see the transition from because we know that our starters can go six, seven innings. But with how the new age pitching is, you see these teams doing starter, and they're doing like an opener. They put the starter in in the second or third, and then they got the bullpen. You yeah. get more from the bullpen, and with the the the, the bullpen arms that we added in the offseason, I want to see if we can tr- transition well from the starter to the bullpen and keep the momentum going like we did towards the end of last year. Yeah. For me, I, I said it last week that I have no issues with Hoskins. I think he's going to do well. Well, He's no longer in the yes. in the lineup. So for me, it's all about the rotation because even last year we didn't have an amazing bullpen, but we were able to get by. I think what we've added to the bullpen this year, I think we're going to be up there in strikeouts and you know innings pitch. I think we're really going to be uh, a really good bullpen, and we haven't seen that in a long time. But what I'm getting at is the rotation. I still can't trust Nola. I don't know if I can trust Wheeler. And then you go on with uh, Suarez. You go, and then right there, you just you don't know who's up. You don't know the next man up. So for me, I think pitching is really important. I think uh, starting rotation is really important. And as much as I love Nola, and I think he is a Philly guy through in and throughout, you know, his career, I just I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I think it's going to depend on how Taiwan Walker does. Walker, we brought him, we, we brought him in. Walker, it's Nola, 
it's uh Richie or not Richie Jesus Suarez, but he he might not even be um ready to go. He's on the yeah. 15 DA 15 yeah. DL. So I, I just I don't know. That's where I'm that's where I'm more that's where I put all my uh eggs in that basket. And, and, and that's why uh, that's why with my eyes I look at it as can they go six innings at least or seven and get to that bullpen that we invested a lot into because we got guys that we have set in certain spots in the lineup in the bullpen. Yeah. That they know what their spot is. So yeah. just like last year, get to six seven innings, transition, and then we should be good to go because we have a lot of trust in that seven, eight, and nine yeah. inning guys. Yeah, I, I hear that. I, I think you uh, you you agree with me to an yeah. extent where I think rotation it's the issue, and then yeah. you got to look at Boom too. Can he step up? Because he's going to have to step up big if Hoskins is out and Hall's there. Uh, it's just it's going to be interesting. It may not be great, but I think we still have the keys to victory with you know Trey the bullpen. We got two uh, aces that could start on any team. Maybe not Nola, but uh, Wheeler could start. He could be the ace on every team. Um, I think that's it, brother. It looks like you want to say something. I'll let you say it, but let's get the hell out of here. No, just going to say, I think Nola's turning into Cole Hamels where he was really good, and then he kind of – we have all these questions about him later on in his tenure. but Kind of like you. Yeah, Yeah. kind of like me. I have so many questions. (laughs) Yes. All right, Mr. Cage, Mr. Dan the Man, give the people what they want. You're not only talking Phillies. You're not only talking New Japan. You talk some UFC. You talk some MMA. How can the millions and millions – sorry, this is Baseball Not Wrestling Podcast. What? Um, How can they find you? Give the people what they want. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at CageIQ and on YouTube. You can search me under CageMyIQ. I do all the wrestling and MMA content. We got UFC on right now. I got my cage bed slip on the Bloodline uh, Entertainment Network uh, on the website. You can check oh. that out every week. I usually put it out on Thursday and Friday. And then I always put out my prediction show around Wednesday or Thursday, a couple of days beforehand for you guys. So you, if you guys are into MMA, Check that out, Come and then on. I always and then I always put out interviews as well. I got a couple in the works. Connor's coming on next. Yeah, you, you got to get ready for that. So keep an eye out for my interviews, but all that stuff's on my Twitter page. So just yes. check out my Twitter, give me a follow, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There you go. Next week on Cage My IQ, Connor McGregor. It's going to be a great time. You can catch us next week right here on the Bloodline Entertainment Network exclusively on Ben. It's the Out of Here podcast. We strictly talk Philadelphia Phillies. Good luck if you are betting on opening day. Enjoy the game and let's do it. See ya! (laughs) 